We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Beautiful friends, I'm so honored to be spending some time with you here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. I have a question for you. Have you lost a relationship you cherish through death? Do you wish you could talk to your loved one, connect with them, share your thoughts, and listen to them? I know this has certainly been the case for me. I've often heard it said that death is like going from from one room to another or like taking off an uncomfortable shoe. But for me, being left on this side, the grieving process has brought me to my knees and rendered me worthless for weeks and sometimes months after losing some of the people that I love the most. And though I do believe there is life after we drop our human bodies, it still hurts to say goodbye to the human form of another that we love deeply and are extremely attached to. I think it would give me great solace to know for sure that my dreams are real and that I can actually still communicate with them and have a relationship with them from the other side. And that is why I'm featuring my guest and expert today. We're so fortunate to have medium Mark Anthony with us here on Empower Radio. Mark Anthony is a successful attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Something that makes Mark wonderfully unique is that he is also a practicing medium who communicates with spirits. In fact, he's known as the psychic lawyer. Mark Anthony is also the best-selling author of the book, Never Letting Go which is the definitive guide to healing grief with help from the other side. So please welcome psychic lawyer Mark Anthony to the show. I'm so glad you're here, Mark. Thank you, Tammy. I've really been looking forward to this show, and it's such an honor to be here on Empower Radio. Yes, it's just exciting to be connecting with you. I've been to your website, Never Letting Go, and I love the video. I love the information you have there. And I just kind of want to start at the beginning. I find it so fascinating that you're both a psychic and a lawyer. That seems like such a broad spectrum <laughs> to span. It's like you really do bridge the world. How is that for you? <laughs> well, uh, you know, on one hand, I could see how it would sound like a cosmic train wreck, <laughs> but um, <laughs> on the <laughs> but on the other, think about it. Um, being an attorney and being a medium, they're both about evidence. As an attorney, I have to present evidence to prove my case. As a medium. I have to present evidence which is conveyed to me by a spirit to the recipient of of, uh, the message to validate who the spirit is and to validate the reality of the contact. I mean, it's very easy just to say, um, uh, who died? Oh, yeah, your grandmother? Oh, yeah, well, she's around and she loves you. But if you can tell them things about your grandmother that I have no reason to know, then that is where the evidence factor comes in. Mm. That's fascinating. So now I want to know the difference um, between a medium and a psychic. Uh, That's a that's a good question. Let me give you the nutshell answer, and then I'll give you the the technical answer. How's that? Uh, Perfect. You know, whenever you ask a lawyer how to build, uh, what time it is, we tell you how to build a clock. Basically, (laughs) if if you want to know about your love life and your career and your future, then you see a psychic. If you want to communicate with spirits on the other side. And see a medium, and so 
every medium has psychic ability, but not every psychic has mediumistic ability. Mm-hmm. But uh, my, my primary focus is on communication with spirits. And no matter how many times I say that, I still get emails or questions from people about, hey, what about my love life? And, you know, uh, you know I know, Tammy, that, that you're, you're the doctor, you're the expert. Um, would you agree that most people with relationship problems need to take a good look at themselves and their behavior rather than trying to come to a psychic to say, oh, well, tomorrow um, uh, Prince Charming will show up at your door and you don't have to do anything about it. Um, it's just going to happen. And, Absolutely. And what That's why my book's Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. It's about taking personal responsibility. So, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I get people all the time and they say, well, well I meet anybody. And, and so, well, what are you doing about it? What do you mean? It's like, well, do you go to the gym? Uh, do, you, do you go to your church or social groups? Do you get out there? Do you put yourself out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. And I get this from guys, too. It's like, well, I can't meet anybody. Well, what have you done about it? Well, nothing. Okay. And meeting people online, I mean, that's nice and all. But, um, you know, it's still nice to actually get out and interact with people. So a lot of the things when people come to, to psychics, uh, they're very common sense things. But I think in many ways, a lot of folks want validation of their decisions. And so that's why a lot of people are looking to, to the metaphysical to get that validation. Um, mm-hmm. However, um, the famous billionaire, J.P. Morgan, and when we think of J.P. Morgan, you think of a very, you know, one of the robber barons, staunch conservative. He said once, millionaires do not consult psychics, but billionaires do. <laughs> so, <laughs> <That's> fascinating. <laughs> Wonder why that would be. That is, that's very fascinating. I'm sure there's a lot of single women that would like to know that. <laughs> Well, you know, um, since the beginning of recorded time, uh, there's been psychics and mediums or and accounts of psychics and mediums. You know, the Bible's full of it, but you know, even from ancient Egypt, ancient China, uh, India, Greece, uh, all through the medieval era, every culture, there have been people that have had an extension of, of our, our senses. In other words, we all know that we are born with, or at least born with the potential to have five physical senses of sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. And people refer to what I do as extrasensory perception or the paranormal. Well, paranormal means it's outside of the normal, and I don't look at it that way. We all have the ability to pick up on the presence of a spirit. Um, Every woman I know has women's intuition. Every guy, every man I know has instinct. See, when we we call it uh, intuition, guys immediately shun away from it. When you call it instinct or gut feeling... Yeah, that's when the guys are on board. Um, you know, and and let, me, let me ask you this, Tammy. Uh, have you ever had a dream where you had a conversation with a deceased loved one? Or have you ever gotten the impression, you know, maybe you're at home or even driving, where the presence of a deceased loved one was around you? Frequently. Very, very vivid dreams for sure. I kind of question the other stuff. I'd like to think it's real. And uh that's something uh-huh. I'd really love to talk to you about. How do we know if it's real or not? <laughs> that, I was hoping you were going to say that. Okay, <laughs> the dreams you'll accept, yet the, uh, the, the, when you're conscious, you won't. Um, what happens, the theory is, and I'm writing about this uh, for my next book, is that 
Psychic activity occurs in two areas on our body. There's a physiological reason for this. And I'll, I'll keep this to a minimum because, I mean, I spend um, pages explaining this. When we get a feeling and that expression of gut feeling, like, like when you get a, a feeling of women's intuition, generally it's manifested in the stomach. You know, you just know. That's mm-hmm. because in our solar plexus, right below our rib cage, in, in the middle of, of our body is the solar plexus which is the second most complicated bundle of nerves outside of the cerebral cortex. And in yoga, this is the yellow chakra, the solar plexus Mm -hmm. chakra. And the the theory is that we're picking up vibration. And this is one of the main receptor areas. And because people tend, we, we don't question our emotions. I mean, we don't always listen to our feelings, but we don't question the fact that we have emotions. And because you feel things in this region, that is the intuitive ability, ergo, women's intuition, a guy's gut feeling. So we pick up on that. But when it comes to sensing the presence of spirits, it's like with the gut feeling, let's go back to the solar plexus. Every parent out there sometimes just knows or feels something's going on with their kid. Okay? And, and that, that's where you feel it because you're picking up on the vibration. Now, with mm-hmm. spirit communication, the pineal gland, which is a small pea-sized gland in about four inches behind the center of your forehead. For those who do yoga, that is the third eye chakra. Well, there's a reason that it's referred to as the third eye uh, because the uh, Hindu mystics and the Buddhists and actually um, in, in some Christian theology, uh, it, it talks about, um, about the third eye. Mm-hmm. The pineal gland is extremely complex. It's got magnetite and calcite crystals in it, which means it's something of a radio because the first radio was a chunk of quartz crystal with a copper wire. Long story short, when we go into the alpha state, right now you and I are in the beta state because we're awake. When you go to sleep and you go into the alpha state, your brainwave frequency changes. Your body is relaxed, so you don't have your left brain there saying, oh, I don't believe this. Let me cross-examine it. Let me analyze it to death. Okay, so your brainwave frequency elevates. A spirit can see that, and he or she aligns their frequency with your brainwave frequency, and you get a match, frequency match, just like tuning a radio into a station. And so that's how and why spirits come to us in our dreams, because we're relaxed, because Mm -hmm. it's a dream, and because you feel the authenticity of it. There's a difference between a visitation and just uh, the surrealistic nonsense of a dream. In a visitation, it's vivid, it feels real. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Now, let's say you're at home and you're, um, you know, boiling some water to to make some hard-boiled eggs or put on a pot of tea or something like that, and all of a sudden you feel the presence of a deceased loved one, and you can swear that they're in the room next to you. Well, what we tend to do, men more so than women, women are better about trusting their feelings or accepting the reality that we have emotions. Men, for the most part, we try to deny the fact that we even have tear ducts, let alone emotions. <laughs> okay. <True. laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that, that works real well for us as a gender. Um, I'm being facetious there. So we immediately, though, say, oh, well, I must be imagining, I must be making it up. What's happening is 
a spiritual presence is there and you're detecting it. But because we're socialized to think that this is somehow bad or silly or, or negative, then we tune it out. And then people like you and me, you know, it w- that, that have um, advanced training and logic and analytical ability, we immediately start attacking it. I mean, you know, when I, I had to, to work really hard to stop what I call cross-examining my ability and put my, my analytical self aside and just open up to the reality of spirit contact. And spirits reach out to us in many ways. Um, I, I, pretty much everybody I know says, oh, I was driving my car and I started thinking about, you know, my cousin who died and I turned on the radio and there was a song that made me think of him. Well, is that a coincidence or was a spirit directing your attention to that? Gee, ever since grandma died, I keep finding pennies everywhere. Hmm. I don't know if she's actually making pennies materialize or is she directing your attention to them? And when you see them, you think of her because her presence is around you. And I could go on and on and on. And in my book, Never Letting Go, I talk about many examples of that, Mm -hmm. which will put it in easy to understand and, and very relatable terms for the reader. So these experiences are genuine. They're around us all the time. And it's learning to understand the signs. And, and understand the contact. And once you do, you'll start finding, wow, this is really quite amazing. That's something that I love about your book, because and something you say that I thought was so profound. Information doesn't necessarily change lives. Stories do. And your book is really um, a compilation of healing stories. And it's, uh, it really does give people great solace, I think, the reader great solace. So um, I can't recommend your book enough, um, Never Letting Go. And people can probably get that one on your website, Amazon, wherever books are sold. <laughs> Wherever books are sold, Never Letting Go is on sale worldwide, anywhere English is spoken. And it's funny because people um, email me. They go, well, I went to the bookstore and it wasn't there. It's like, and, and, well, go over to the customer service desk, okay, <laughs> tell them this is the book I want, and they'll order it for you. Um, because uh, Barnes & Noble carries a books a million, independent bookstores. Um, I understand uh, people in Singapore are reading my book. I know it's, <laughs> it's on sale in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, India, the United Kingdom, Canada, the U.S. I, I mean, it's everywhere. And, and I understand it just got um, translated into the Slov- Slovak language. So in Slovenia and the Slovak Republic in Central Europe, people are reading Never Letting Go. <laughs> I say, wow, you're international, but you're even more than that. You're intergalactic. You're universal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm still waiting for one of those like houses the Jetsons had, you know, that just kind of like cleans itself and, and, you know, it pops me out of bed, shaves me all this and gives me breakfast. You know, but, I want one of know. those. <laughs> then I'm going to be really jealous. I'm a little jealous that you can do what you do already with your left brain and your right brain, but then I will officially be jealous. <laughs> Well, you know, people people ask me or, or say to me a lot, gee, I wish I could do what you do. And yes. my response is, do you really? Because there's a lot of responsibility that comes to it. Uh, when I was in England studying at the Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science, it's sort of the Harry Potter version of, um, you know, of, 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 or the psychic version of Harry Potter, for lack of a better description. It was in an all-psychic environment. Um, some people are going around like, look at me, I got superpowers. But the more experienced 
mediums, we were saying, you know, this is a huge responsibility, and it isn't one that's to be used as a form of entertainment. Because I'll go, I'll go to a party, and go, I go to everybody around me, you know, they're like three sheets of the wind. It's like, yeah, this is the appropriate time to deal with your grieving issues, you know. So, and, and no, I don't, I don't go to parties and do it. I mean, I'm, if people invite me to to an event, which is specifically for for making contact, that that's completely different, um, right? Right. You know, well, you, have, you have to have respect and reverence for this process. It's, you're not a party favor. This isn't uh, a joke. It, no, <laughs> no I, is, and I look yeah. at it, and, and, and I really, yeah, the way you said that was perfect. Reverence and respect for this. It isn't a party favor. Uh, I was groomed to be a Catholic priest, but I, I chose a career in law instead. And even though there are a lot of extremely religious people, generally religious fanatics, because there's a big difference between a Christian and a religious fanatic, um, I look at this as a sacrament, because mm-hmm. God gives us all many gifts, and I don't look at myself as being special or better or anything because of this. This is the gift that I have. And, you know, I mean, I, I look at my auto mechanic as having an incredible gift from God that I don't have, or, uh, you know, an architect or, or, you know, a heart surgeon. Anybody that has, has a gift or an ability that they can use to help another person is a gift from God. And it doesn't have to be that you went to medical school or engineering or anything like that. Being a good parent is a gift from God because you are entrusted with the lives of other people. You know, it's like the situation in Ohio where Amanda Berry and, and uh, Mr. Jesus uh, were just rescued from that creepy weirdo. Um, and yeah, and his brothers didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. Um, what the, that, those families went through, they went through hell, let alone those three women, the hell they went through. And being rescued was a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And so being a good parent and being able to to properly raise a child and give him and her a moral center and, and uh, some manners and etiquette is a tremendous gift from God. And, and people should never, never lose sight of that. Yeah, that's that's not an easy job. That's something that, uh, you know, if, if you're a parent, kudos to you, because it is it's a selfless um, act of, of love. You know, it's not something that uh, is is easy by any stretch of the imagination, even if you have a gift. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're on 24-7 when you're a parent. Yes. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, It doesn't sorry, pay that can't, well. <laughs> can't deal with your measles now. I'm on a break. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, Mark, I have a question for you. I have a lot of my family members that are listening right now. I'm very excited about my conversation with you. We have... I don't know if this is it's, it's a, if it's okay to ask you. You can tell me if I'm crossing the line. We have our family matriarch that we just absolutely adore, and of course, you know she's transitioned. And we wonder if there's anything that she, if if you can connect with her, if there's anything she might share with all of us that are listening did, did, right now. Did she have all right? And when I ask questions, let me explain um, uh, something. A lot of times when I ask questions, the skeptics say, oh, they're asking questions. What happens is I get impressions and feelings, and I'm asking for the confirmation on it. Well, I understand. I I know you understand this is for the benefit of the listeners, and uh, I receive impressions and feelings and sensations. Now, as soon as you mentioned her, I kept seeing a little image of an angel, like a pin or something referencing uh, an image of an angel. Does something um, angelic or a pin or something about angels make any sense in connection to her? 
Oh, I think she is one. <laughs> no, no, no. People don't become angels. Um, oh, angels they are don't. different species on the other side, yes. Huh. Um, there's many species or many beings on the other side. Okay. Well, I'm seeing something about an um, angel, so make sure that you ask one of your family members if they were an angel pin or there's something um, related to angels with her. Now, I'm also seeing a string of blue beads. Blue beads. Was she Catholic? She wasn't my uh, the mother from the other my grandmother from the other side was, but my mother was wearing a string of kind of aqua beads the other day when we went to lunch, and uh, she said it with her oh. grandmother's, and I said, "Grandmother's quite stylish." I had no idea. Okay, so the the blue beads were um, belonged to the matriarch on the other side. Yes. Okay, because I'm seeing the blue beads, and the blue beads to me look very very Catholic. But you said your other grandmother. Now is she on the other side? Yes. Okay, hold on. The Catholic one may be the one coming through. All right. Well, here's what I'm feeling. I'm getting a woman, and I'm feeling that prior to passing, that she had some extra weight on her. Now, this weight, it could have been, um, it could have been just by, by being overweight, but I, I, I feel like a lot of water retention and fluid buildup. I'm also feeling a piercing sensation right above my heart, like going through, through uh, my, uh, my breast on my uh, left side. And uh, it feels like somebody's like driving an anvil right through my chest. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm also getting a tightness. Um, I feel like I'm breaking out in sweat and I'm getting a dizzy feeling. So hmm. prior to passing, there was either a high blood pressure, which would be the uh, dizzy feeling, uh, the sweating, but the dizzy feeling can also mean uh, medication because many times prior to passing, people are on a medication which makes their ability to focus and concentrate compromised. Then in other cases, the dizzy sensation could be like a, um, um, but I'm not getting that in this, like a, a dementia Alzheimer's. I think this is more of a medication. Does any of that make sense to you? Yeah, all of it does. Okay. Yeah, she all wasn't heavy, but there was a lot of water retention from the medication. Water, that's why I said. It's, yeah. it, right, and that's a good point because different medical conditions and physical sense, in other words, different medical conditions have a similar feeling. So it's either getting a fleshiness um, or a water retention. Okay. Right, and, uh, and she had emphysema, so um, she wasn't breathing well, and she was, uh, I think, probably, you know, just kind of suffocating and they had her on a lot of oxygen and medications and such and now, then uh, I know, it, I, yeah uh, okay uh, sorry i don't mean to interrupt but um no, i know that um that jewelry is always a real big deal particularly from a grandmother uh through the family um i'm seeing a ring that feels very antiqued and the stone in it um has kind of a squarish appearance do you recognize this ring Hmm, not right offhand. No, I don't. My mom might know something about that. Okay, yeah, that's something to touch base um, with uh, for your mom. And the Aries time frame, that would be between March 20th, let's say 22nd to April 22nd. There feels like there's a significance to that time frame. March to April. I don't know. I have to consult with my, my family who's yeah, listening. See, what and, does and, that mean? And, 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 that's why it's real important when people come for a reading that they know dates, um, they, they know things about the, the people who've passed. I get people come to me all the time and go, okay, you know, I'll get this and this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then later they have to check. So it's always good to know that stuff ahead of time. Okay. Now, this is the, the Catholic grandmother is the one that, um, that I feel is coming through. And um, I'm getting this 
numbness and tingling in my feet and a sensitivity and a soreness. So there was either an issue with her walking or a real real problem with her feet prior to passing. Does this make sense? Mm, I have no idea. My dad's listening, too. He's in Norway, so that would be his Okay, you know what? Instead of doing this, because you don't know enough, and I'm not chastising you, you don't know enough about her to give me any confirmation on this. That's true. That's true. I wasn't close to that grandmother. Right. So so it's really pointless to to try to make a connection when we can't get any confirmation. See, because Mm -hmm. I could just do what um, lots of psychics do and go, oh, she loves you, she's around and she's watching over you. But that to me means nothing. You got to get validation right, right. from I love her. that attorney part of you. Well, no, it's it's evidence. Okay. If you just, you know, because I see sloppy mediumship all the time and they, they everyone throws that out. Oh, they love you and they're protecting you. Well, yeah, I don't know if they can protect you so much as they can influence um, you to maybe make a left instead of a right, that type of thing. Right. Now, um, with the Catholic grandmother, you don't know her. Let's try to switch into the other grandmother. And now uh, this is the one that's not Catholic. What I'm getting with her is prior to passing, I'm feeling like a darkness getting pulled over my head, like if someone were taking a hat and pulling it over my eyes, which indicates, once again, a compromise of her mental functioning, mm-hmm. which would indicate either like a dementia or with uh, the drugs and the medication. Does this make sense? Yeah, that's absolutely accurate. Okay. And with her, um, I would describe her personality as robust. I don't know why that word robust comes to me. Um, Question, when she was younger and and even when she was older, was she somewhat well-endowed? Well, for her size, she was. (laughs) She was a tiny little woman, but she had these... She had breasts, which is kind of unusual for somebody. Big bre- okay, because uh, it's funny because she's giving me the word robust, and I'm seeing like you know, big robustness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she was I'm, a I'm sexy to, girl. To be, <laughs> she's a sexy woman. <laughs> okay, all right. Now with her, um, she's drawing me to the left side of her body and her left hand, um, and I feel something. Um, some tightness in my left hand and my fingers could be arthritis. I'm also now feeling it in my right hand. Yes. Um, okay. So arthritis makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's poor thing. <clears throat> wow. And her feet too. I'm getting it, especially seems like it was really prevalent or there was something very heavy duty going on with the left side of her body too. Does this make any sense? I just know that she, she did have a lot of arthritis. She had a lot of pain with her hands. Okay. She never complained about pain, you know? So, I mean, there could have been things going on that we didn't know. She never complained. She was like a pioneer. She's talking about the Capricorn Capricorn time frame. Um, Capricorn will be around December, December 22nd up to January, January 2022nd. Does that time frame make any sense? Um, That would be the time frame that my stepfather transitioned. Okay. All right. Um, So that is significant. She's close to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, she was close to him. Okay. Now, I mean, we could keep going and I could probably get your stepfather coming in too. Let me see if I can get a message from, uh, from your grandmother. Is there somebody in the family by the name of like, a? Um, it's like an Antoinette or an Anne. It's a, got an Anne sound in the name. It's like Andy, Antoinette, um, and uh, something like that. I'm getting an A-N. It could be just, could be Anne, but I'm getting somebody oh, that's with my an mom. Anne. That's Judith your mom. Judith and Judith Annette. 
Judith Annette. Okay, Antoinette Annette. All right, that's making sense. Is that her daughter? Yes, that's my mom. Oh, right, right. Your, your grandmother's daughter, your mom. Okay. Yes. Let's see what she's got to say. Um, ooh. Um, she seems to indicate that your mom's been very kind of nervous and like some nervous habits. I don't know if it's like biting fingernails or something like that, but there's something about your mom, your mom being nervous and having some very high strung idiosyncrasies. And she wants your mother to continue working through these. And actually your mom's got a pretty decent handle on things, but there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of nervous energy flowing through her right now. And um, she just, uh, what your grandmother's saying, she just got to hang on. It's kind of like you got to hang on, go for the ride, get through it, even though um, it's funny, the way she's describing it, it's, it's like I'm seeing that scene from the Ten Commandments, from the Red Sea parts, and it's uh -huh. like you're going through that going, gee, I really hope this, <laughs> I really hope this lasts, okay? Right, um, right. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm seeing. Now, now uh, I know that that sounds bizarre, but these are the type of messages um, that, that come through oftentimes, but it appears that your mother is going through um, a major situation, which is making her very nervous. Um, and I find the Ten Commandments parting of the Red Sea image particularly interesting. Um, is there any reference to that movie, or is there any reference to that particular um, religious um, context? I have no idea. It sounds like something I'm going to have to ask my mom. But she, she okay. does remind me a little of an Afghan. She tends to have some nervousness, anxiety about her. And, and uh, so that, that all resonates as true for me. Okay. Um, Hold on. Let's see what your grandmother's got to say. And the color purple. She's bringing up the color purple. Does purple make sense to you? Well, that's my favorite color. Everything I own is purple. There you go. <laughs> okay. Now, let me explain what just happened. When I get an incontrovertible, uncontestable fact, purple. You love purple. It's your favorite color. I'm wearing it that, right now. It's the color of my You're wearing it book. right now. Okay. And, and that's also a way uh, that a spirit lets us know that he or she's around you. What I've noticed in, in uh, my connections with spirits, when they give us an incontrovertible fact like purple right after a somewhat diffuse, somewhat philosophical message, that's their way of letting us know that the message that came before was correct. So obviously oh, your mother that. is feeling like she's going through the parted Red Sea and the message is she's going to make it through, but she is going through um, a lot of, she's enduring a lot of stress and a lot of stressful situations right okay, now. Mark, we're going to go to break right now and I'm going to let you come back with anything else you want to add to that and we are going to take a caller. So hang on, we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back with medium Mark Anthony. Hang on. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, Ow. three, four, five, six. Ow. Dude, what is Ow. this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. 
Well, that's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment, and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home, I'm home, and I love it, I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home, I'm home, where I be. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg. Ha-ha, I win. Whoa! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well. I'm wet. What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl. What? You'd rather use this time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold. People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? <laughs> what? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What'd he say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! You're listening to Empower Radio. Now, back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, my beautiful listeners and lovely friends. So happy to be hanging out with you here today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. Mark, I'm enjoying you thoroughly. Oh, I appreciate that. I... I Love your gift. I love the way you piece things together and the way you kind of navigate through the process. It's, well, uh, you know, it's fascinating. It, yeah, people think it's instant messaging, and sometimes, you know, we <laughs> get instant messages, but um, what happens is it's concepts that get conveyed. And that's why I always stress for people when you're going to come for a reading uh, with a medium, you should know as much as possible about your deceased loved ones so you can confirm things. Because a lot of times I'll do readings for people, and somebody will come through, I don't know who that is, I don't know who that is. And then I'll get an email from them two or three days later, well, I checked, and boy, that was my mother's, you know, cousin Peter, that blah, da da It was funny, I was doing a reading recently for this gentleman, and he and his wife uh, were present during the reading, and all of a sudden this woman comes through. And I start describing her, and, and the man's getting very nervous. And he goes, oh, that was my secretary from 20 years ago, and she passed a few years back. And all of a sudden, it's like 
uh-oh. <laughs> and <laughs> and his uh, wife was not exactly enjoying some of the things that were coming through. So um, anyway, uh, it, it, it does help to, to know about them so you can give the confirmation. Now, in other situations, I've been consulted where there have been murders and, and missing people and things, and I, I give, you know, my impressions of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I always caution people, you know, uh, Obviously, in police investigations and things like that, psychic intuition, mediumship intuition cannot be used in a court of law, but it can help direct the police in a way that might lead to, to hard clues and, and hard evidence that can lead to, um, to compiling the evidence necessary to develop probable cause to make an arrest. So that, that's how we can come in handy behind the scenes. Yeah, that is fascinating. So... I really love how your book is able to really support people and help them come to terms and know that their loved ones are still there. I know that you say your book is very different than the other kinds of books that psychics have written. How is that and who benefits most from your book? Never Letting Go is a guide on the journey through grief. It's inspirational in that it provides evidence for an afterlife. It teaches people how to recognize when their loved ones and spirit are around, and it's healing with messages of love and hope from the other side. And I take a very left-brained approach to an extremely right-brained spiritual activity. Mm-hmm. So I try to be very analytical about things, and what makes Never Letting Go different is that, you know, it's not an airy fairy, oh, and the granola told me this, no, this, you know, and because, and, and, well, I mean, when, when you're in this line of work, you see, and, and I don't have oh, a yes. problem with the airy fairy people, because I know a lot of them, and they're really great people and all that, but that's not where I'm coming from, you know, I mean, I know people are like, oh, do not eat meat for the vibrations, like, let me tell you something, give me a cheeseburger and a, and a chocolate milkshake before I do a reading, and I'm going to be seeing some dead people, you know, because, um, <laughs> you know, you're, I, I yeah, more grounded. You, you're absolutely right. My husband said you, the airy fairy people, they don't seem grounded. They don't seem to know how to make money. They don't seem to be logical. I said, no, they're spatial. They're floaty. It's unusual to find someone like you who can navigate the upstairs and downstairs realities. So I well, think there, that's there's the op. Well, well, and I appreciate that. But then there's the, and I don't want to crash on the, on the, uh, the, the very, you know, let's call them the, the, the traditional new agey crowd. Cause then there's on the opposite end of the spectrum. There's a lot of my colleagues in the legal profession that, um, will cut you in two for 20 bucks and everything about them is power, domination, control, and money. And I think it just comes down to in life, you should have a good balance. You know, you, you, you know, and in and, and all things moderation, you should get some exercise every day, even if it's just walking around the street. You know, you shouldn't overindulge in any, you know, sweets or fried foods or, or stuff like that. And uh, also mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And we have four levels to our aura, to our auric field, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And when one's out of whack, it starts affecting all the others. And, and let's yes. face it, life, <laughs> life does that to us. And so... If, if it's like, um, Tammy, do you meditate? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people think that the point of meditation is to be able to levitate the Pentagon or something. And it's like, all right, no, it's on. finding center. It's relaxing into it, your heart space. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and letting go with like the beta. To, yeah. Going to the alpha yeah. and theta realms. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I try to describe it to people. Think of your consciousness as a blackboard. 
And every emotion, every feeling, every impulse, you're writing it down. Okay, so what does it look like by the end of the day? It's, it's like trying to, to read a plate of spaghetti. I mean, it's just like all these covered up feelings and things. And what meditation does is it allows you to erase the blackboard to where you can focus on maybe one thing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really buy the I can't think, you know, the think of nothing. I know that like a lot of the Hindus and the Buddhists, clear your mind or you think of nothing. I don't believe that. I don't know if our mind is is programmed, our brain is programmed to think of nothing, because you're always going to be thinking of something. Uh, and then I had this existentialist philosophy professor in college who said that even if you're thinking of nothing, you're thinking of something because nothing is different from everything else. Therefore, it's something. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> this <is> spaghetti. <laughs> so, Mark, I, I love what you're saying, and I'm going to use that analogy, the spaghetti and the chalkboard. But right now, we have a caller on the line. I'm really excited about you guys connecting. Her name is Tracy. Tracy, are you there? I am. I'm so happy. I'm happy you called in. I'm happy to be connecting with you and introducing you to Mark. I'm so excited. Hi, Mark. Hi, Tracy. I'm having a hard time here. I can barely hear you. Yeah, it's hard to hear you, too. Hold on real quick. Let me try something else. Hold on. Is that better? Say, uh, uh, Go ahead. Is that better? Not really. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. You know, Tracy, um, with this type of problem with, with auditory, I don't want to try to make a, a spiritual connection because let me explain. Everything I do as a medium involves frequency, and I need to clearly hear your voice to establish my baseline of frequency before I connect because um, I don't want to give you a lousy reading. I'd rather give you a really good reading. But if you have a general question, then, then I'll be happy to entertain it. Okay, if you just give me two seconds, I was driving home. I was trying to get home in time, so I wonder if it's the weather or... It's oh, so you're driving color. around a cell phone? Yeah, I don't have a Yeah, okay, have well, a there we line. go. Um, see, that's why when people try to do readings with me on cell phones, I always encourage them, please do it on a landline. Cell phones are subjected to radio frequency interference, and what happens is... The more levels of distortion and the more barriers that you put into a reading, the less effective the reading is going to be. Plus, you're driving. Uh, this is not the ideal time for you to be receiving messages from the other side because the condition of the recipient is just as important as the condition of the medium. It should be done in a quiet environment, um, preferably on a landline or on a cell phone that's got a really strong connection and uh, where you don't have, you know, kids running around, dogs barking, dishes, you know, being done. So to do a reading for someone driving in a car on a cell phone, um, as a medium, I consider that mal malpractice. Oh, no, I'm pulled over. <laughs> I'm yeah, pulled well, over. I just the, actually the pulled over. I had my headphones yeah. in and I just I'm, pulled over. Yeah. No, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, Tracy, like I said, I can barely hear you, so I'm not even okay. going to try to attempt to do this. Okay, so okay. you may want to contact me through my website and set up a one-on-one -on -one reading. Um, and for other callers, please make sure you have a clear transmission because I want to give people the best readings I'm capable of delivering. All right, oh, thank I can you. Hear I can hear her so clearly. That's so. That's I see. So I, I can't. I, I can barely hear. That's how I'm hearing her. Mm. I mean, I can barely hear, her and I've got I've got my phone turned up on full. So I'm wow. sorry, Tracy. Okay. Well, Tracy, right. I adore you. I'm sending you light, and I'm going to call you later. And um, you know how to get a hold of Mark at his website, Never Letting Go. Okay. And maybe we're going to get All you right. a copy of his book. 
Okay, sounds so good. Thank that. you, Tammy. Okay, love to you, Tracy. I love you too, Tammy. Have a great okay. day. Okay, bye for bye. now. And now we have Nola on the line. Nola, are you there? Are you on a landline? Uh, no, I'm on a cell phone. I'm sitting yeah, in a I can barely lot. hear it too. I mean, believe me, I do lots of radio shows, do lots of rings. I, I, you know, maybe it's the producer. If you guys can boost the volume of the callers, I can barely hear her at all, and I cannot do readings where I cannot hear the people. So, it's Is this unfortunately it's pointless. You still can't hear me. Barely, barely. Okay, I don't have a landline. It's a cell phone, and I I took the ear thing off, so. I, I guess it's just a cell phone reception, man. Mm. All I can hear is a voice. I couldn't even tell you what she just said. Yeah, it's, I can hear very clearly, and uh, my producer says he can as well. That's interesting. So, Nola, I can hear you. Do you have a general question that you would like to ask Mark? Well, I was just kind of wondering. Um, I'm at a crossroads between school and uh, losing my other job, just kind of which direction I need to go. Okay, yeah, Mark. See, and that's really, remember I explained at the beginning of, of the show, that's really not the type of reading that I do. I connect people with spirits on the other side. Remember well, I was husband, explaining that? My husband's on the other side, and he helped me. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't hear you clearly. That's the problem, Nola. It's not that I don't want to do it. I don't want to give you a lousy reading, okay? Oh, Okay. So, yeah, I need, I need a clear transmission on a landline because I, I cannot hear. And I, and, and I really, um, if the technician can do something about boosting the feed into my, you know, into to, to my line. So we also have Judy on the line. Judy, All right, let's there? give Judy a shot. Come on, Judy, three times. Hopefully he's a charm. Um, yeah, now, the important part is, can I, Mark I, hear you? You know what? I, I can't well, hear you. You know what? Um, for all the callers, I don't need a reading. I, I can't hear her. I can't hear no. her. Um, we're going to have to stick to either landlines or maybe we ought to just bring me on another time when you guys get the technical issue resolved where I can do some readings because I cannot hear the callers. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people don't have landlines nowadays. Everybody has just cell phones, so That's that probably me. does make it more challenging. Are you on a cell phone, Judy? Of course I am. Would you do me a favor and tell him something? Sure. Your, your mother is feeling very calm. Oh, my mom's calling and saying she's feeling very calm. <laughs> I don't feel anxiety at all. You don't? No, I'm fine. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Also, I don't uh, recognize March to April for your grandmother. Um, she was born the end of July and died in October. Right, but um, um, that time frame could have a significance other than just with her. So, um, and, and uh -huh. that's what I was getting. Um, okay, let's move on to the next caller then. I just went then. to Amazon and got a Kindle book of his. I oh, you did? Yeah. She got your book on Kindle. Well, thank you, Judy. Yeah, yeah. I, can bar I can barely hear you. Yes, Not yeah, it's the, the cell phone situation. Well, thank you for calling in, Mom. You bet. I love you. I love you, too. I'm going to call you later. Okay, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Mark, you talked about this a little bit earlier, and I find this kind of fascinating, and it's been my experience as well, that women are more psychic than men. Is there something we can do to kind of open up our psychic abilities a bit more? Are there exercises? Are there things that we can participate to kind of open up those channels a bit more? Well, I think um, one of the, the main things is prayer and meditation. 
um, because prayer is where you talk to God, meditation is where you listen to God, and meditation serves other purposes as well in that it quiets the mind, and once it, it quiets the mind and you're calm, then you're able to communicate. I say that all the time. Well, I say that true. all the time. I feel like I'm talking to the male version of me. <laughs> Well, and, and well, because there there are certain tech. Because a lot of people say, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and and well, that's fine. You know, if you want to do it, you can work on, um, you know, on meditation, on prayer, and trying to uh, calm yourself. Because being calm is very, very important. When you get upset, it just blocks everything. Yeah, I say that too. You know, it's like when we relax the beta brain waves, the monkey mind. Because I'm a hypnotherapist, you can start to hear the deeper wisdom, the still small voice within, but you need to be quiet so that you can listen to that. And then it's a matter of just trusting and discerning and, and having faith in the messages that come through. It's been fascinating for me. The more I meditate, the more intuitive I've become. All these coincidences show up. Do you see that in your life and your practice, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, trusting your feelings is an extremely important thing to do. Um, and, you know, the thing about also receiving messages from a psychic or from a medium is that a lot of times people don't like what they want to hear, you know, what, what they're hearing, and they get very resistant about it. Because a lot of times when I'm delivering messages, people start arguing with me. I mean, not a lot of people, but, but now and again, uh, because they're angry with the person who died. And it's like, look, I'm not that person. I'm just bringing the message through. Then there's people that get fixated with the medium or the psychic because a message from their son is coming through to me. And, and then they get fixated with me. And it's like, you know, if you love a song that's coming through the radio, do you love the song or do you love the radio? You focus on the song, not the radio. And, and it's the same type of thing there. So, you know, it, that, that's, that's, you know, in, in readings, um, I try to be very objective and I try to convey what I'm getting. People don't always want to listen to it. People don't always want to agree with it. But my focus, like I said, is simply to convey the message. Yeah, I like that. So, Mark, um, I've had people have concerns or trepidation about meditating or trying to open their door to the other side. Is there any danger to that? Is there anything we should be concerned about? No, I, I mean, uh, I hear religious fanatics and fundamentalists, oh, you're doing the work of demons, blah, blah, blah. That's a bunch of primitive superstitious nonsense um, is the way I look at it. And people start throwing quotes at me from Deuteronomy and Leviticus and all that. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, Deuteronomy also, you know, justifies putting your neighbor to death for working on the Sabbath and, and selling people from the nations around you into slavery. So then you wonder, well, does that just apply to Mexicans or what about Canadians? You know, and, and Puerto Ricans, I mean, are they really people from the nations around? You know, so if you, I mean, if you want to, you know, take that, and, and uh, most of the biblical scholars, in fact, uh, um, the, the ones that I know all say that, you know, a lot of that is metaphor. And what happened is that um, during the time of King uh, David, um, Saul, his predecessor, was very uh, concerned because the Philistines were on the move, David's popularity was rising, 
his favorite and most trusted advisor was the prophet Samuel, who died. And so Saul went to consult with a medium, the, the so-called witch of Endor, and the spirit of Samuel comes through and tells Saul that his time is at an end and he's facing defeat and all this. And, of course, he's defeated in battle. His son, Jonathan, is slain. He takes his own life, and then David um, emerges as the, the king of Judea. And so the rabbinical community, the religious community of ancient Israel says, see, see what happens when you consult with those people, and you shouldn't do that. But there's another way of looking at it. Did Samuel make that happen? Did the media make that happen? Or did the spirit of Samuel merely convey to Saul the will of God? Because was not it the will of God for David to emerge as the king of the Jews? And so there's different ways of looking at it. And then in some areas of the Bible, um, we're good guys. They call us prophets and prophetesses for the women. Um, and then in other areas, because dream interpretation and foretelling the future is good as long as it's done by one of the prophets, it's bad if it isn't. And then you extrapolate that into the Catholic Church. A lot of the, take two women of the medieval era, St. Clair of Assisi, good friend of St. Francis. She got so ill, she could not leave the convent. She was a nun, and she missed going to Mass, so she prayed with all her heart for God to let her see what was happening in church. So she saw visions of what was happening in church. Well, she was what's known as a remote viewer. And interestingly, 800 years after she died, Pope Pius XII in 1958 declared her the patron saint of television. <laughs> Tell me the Vatican has not been aware of psychic phenomenon for, oh, I don't know, at least 800 years. Okay, longer right, than right. that, really. All right. Now, barely a century later, a young girl named Joan in France starts seeing spirits and hearing voices, rallies the French army to drive the English out of France. She gets captured by the English, uh, put on trial for heresy, and burned at the stake. We all know Joan of Arc. Claire, St. Claire of Assisi, was a nun. So when you join the clergy, you were receiving visions of the Holy Spirit. Ergo, that's a good thing. When you weren't a member of the clergy and walked around saying, I see dead people and they're telling me things, you're a witch. So religion um, gets involved and gives a lot of this really a bad rap. Yet when you look at all of the major religions, how did the holy books of these religions come into being? Well... A spiritual entity, God, spoke through people who supposedly wrote it down. Gee, that sounds kind of like what I do. <laughs> okay. so, and, you know, I think all of us probably have some sort of ability to do that. We're all connected to the same source. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're right? all, we are all cells in the body of God. We are all energetically exactly. connected. Our spirit is an immortal living energy, which is all energetically interconnected. That's how, like, if you get a feeling about something going on with one of your children, because you're energetically picking up on them. When right. you um, turn on the radio and hear a song from a deceased loved one, well, that's because you're energetically connected to that person. So, yes. you know, we're all energetically connected on this side and the other side. And that's, you know, that, that's part of how, how all this ties together and how all this works. Well, I love that your intention is to empower people and to support them in connecting with their own wisdom and that you do it from so many different angles and altitudes, scripturally, energetically, legally. So I can't recommend 
people connecting with you enough, either go to your website, never letting go or getting your book. So Mark, this has been, I think the fastest hour I've ever had in my life. And I just want to thank you so much for just bringing your wisdom here and having this conversation with me and attempting to connect with our listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful for you. I, I just uh, have enjoyed your energy thoroughly. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, to all the listeners, God bless you. And I hope we get a chance to do this again. Um, you know, I, I just want to get the technical issues clear because I could not hear anybody. And I was on, uh, been on a couple of radio shows where, uh, where that's happened. And it's just an absolute disaster trying yeah, to Yeah, I'll just have to make reading. it clear that people need to call in from a landline. So yeah, th- we'll that, that, that helps a lot. That, that helps yeah. a lot. And, and you know, there's all kinds of technical issues and, right. and all that. Um, but anyway, I really want to thank you. Problem connecting. It took some little plate spinning and knob turning to get us hooked in. And I'm so grateful that uh, it worked out. So to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us today. Nate, thank you for your professionalism and your dial turning ability and and all of your technical um, talents. And Mark, thank you. Listeners, if you want to get a hold of me, go to TammyBPhD.com. Write to me, share your thoughts. Um, If you have any questions, download the guided meditation to clear the the uh, debris in your subconscious mind so that you can live live happier, healthier, more empowered lives. God bless you onward and upward. Take care of yourself. Bye for now. <laughs>